Well, welcome everyone. My name again is John Gilbert. This is Casey Jackson with uh, IFIOC, and uh, we're here to talk today. Uh, well, first, what we do is we provide communication uh, skills, evidence-based communication skills that help individuals and organizations with uh, improving outcomes uh, individually or in the community they serve. And so we're here today to talk about one of the tools we use to help with that, uh, that we've co-authored with Ali Hall and Dr. Susan Butterworth uh, around some very specific um, intentions, as we call them, in MI, and we can talk about how that all came up, but uh, we're basically planning to talk about these intentions, these five intentions, and how to embody those uh, within this tool we call the Motivational Interviewing Competency Assessment that really, regardless of if you get feedback on that, these are intentions you can learn from this podcast on how do I embody empathy, how do I embody supporting autonomy, and so that's a little bit about what we're planning to talk about. So, Casey, you have a wonderful way of depicting this in a visual way, because that's your strengths. Uh, of having people kind of think about this visually. And so I'm wondering if you could kind of introduce us to what are the five intentions sure. and could you walk through us or walk walk us through this kind of way of seeing that as you've depicted with your analogies. What I'd launch with just um, when you think of um, Susan and Allie and you and I, I think what's helpful is thinking about when we sat down to develop the, the MICA, the Motivational Incompetency Assessment, one of the very first, the, the two things I think of that stick in my mind, and this was two years ago or three years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago that we, we sat down to downstairs right there. Downstairs. <laughs> uh, when we started that process, mm-hmm. the two things that I remember us talking about, first of all, was is this going to be value added to the end user? That was one of our primary filters we were going to stay focused on. Is this going to be beneficial to the person who's getting coded to give them feedback? And the second thing that stuck with me is when we had the conversation about, you know, what are we going to call these? What, how do we distinguish? What is this about? Mm-hmm. And and thinking about it, even the term intention, what went through my brain when we, it was the word I was thinking of, and I wanted to, mm-hmm. to hope that we could use that mm-hmm. word, is literally thinking about if you wanted to get better at motivational interviewing, like almost literally me putting my arm around your shoulder and saying, what is your intention? Where is your head at before you even walk in this conversation? Mm-hmm. And, and I just like that thought of it, and it helps cue up the five intentions and what we've kind of mm-hmm. worked through and, and pulled together. But I, mm-hmm. I like the thought of talking about the, the five intentions of terms of what is your mindset when you're sitting down have this conversation? What, what's going through your brain? Where is your focus and what is your intention? Mm-hmm. And, and this is, for me, what helps cue up the, the five intentions. And I know as authors we talked about that it's not necessarily chronological, um, and we've talked about changing the order of them. But for me, I like the order they're currently in, mm-hmm. uh, even though, again, it's not chronological. It doesn't have to be sequential in our intentions. But I just like the way that I can set this up, thinking about starting with the first one of supporting autonomy and activation. And like we've said on other podcasts, when we think about supporting autonomy and activation with the MICA, what I like thinking about is it's beyond just choice. It's trying to reach inside their belly and, and kind of turn on that pilot light for them to self-actualize and be who they want to be. And the analogy that I, that I use um, kind of throughout the five intentions is, do you genuinely believe that the client or the patient is the captain of their own ship? And mm-hmm. for me, if you genuinely believe that they are the captain of their own ship, which means you're supporting their autonomy and activating that, working towards activating that, it'd be really disrespectful to push them away and take the wheel 
uh, on the ship from them. But professionally, we tend to do that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Because we know best. Because we know best. (laughs) Um, And I've got so many ideas. And if you would just do it this way, and if you just listen to me, if you just read this brochure, and if you just look at the data, then you'll get healthier. Mm -hmm. You'll make better decisions. So we just have that natural writing reflex to push and to install and still, you know, different ways of looking at the world. But when you're supporting autonomy and stepping into someone else's worldview, I think the thing for me immediately is if that's your intention, if you genuinely believe every individual is the captain of their own ship, I believe that's going to change how you communicate from that point forward. So and that's just the first of the five intentions is supporting autonomy and activation. Do you believe they're the captain of their own ship? So I'm just going to finish the analogy out and then we'll kind of circle back around and we'll talk yeah. about each one of them in further detail. Yeah. I think that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you believe that everyone's a captain of their own ship, and if you're not the captain, then you want to become an expert navigator, mm-hmm. which is the second of the five intentions is guiding. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I help the captain navigate towards their ultimate destination or the goal or the search that they're on, or the journey that they're on, the treasure they're trying to find, the mm-hmm. port that, or the harbor that they're looking for? Their version of happier and healthier. Their version of happier and healthier, mm-hmm. what their goals or their values are. Mm-hmm. So that's really critical for me uh, in looking from that perspective. So you can think of if they're the captain of their own ship, then I am an expert navigator. And what I think of as an expert navigator is there's two things in motivational interviewing or communication that are critical as a navigator. It means you have to have an idea of where is that ultimate destination they want to go to, where is that harbor, where is that island, you know, what 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 seaside town are they going towards? And you have to have the capacity to deal with the crisis of the day and the tides and the weather and everything that happens on a day-to-day basis. You can't be an expert navigator if you're hyper-focused on the ultimate destination or you're hyper-focused on dealing with the current events of the day. Because if you're dealing with the crisis of the day, you can lose course incredibly quickly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. thinking you're putting out these fires and dealing out with all these things, but you've drifted so off, far off course. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to help you get to the de- destination you want to get mm-hmm. towards, mm-hmm. if I believe in supporting your autonomy and activating that, then it's my responsibility to help you guide towards that mm-hmm. ultimate goal and destination. But it's not where I want you to go, and this is where you start to see the shift to a person-centered process and how this lines up with not only motivational reviewing, but how we measure it and how we give feedback, specifically through the mic up. So there's the supporting autonomy and activation. Do you believe they're the captain? Guiding the conversation. The second of the five intentions is guiding, which means how do I help navigate towards the solution or resolution or the referral or the topic of concern? The third one then is expressing empathy which is probably one of the most talked about constructs in motivational reviewing from its inception in 1983. Probably the most talked about construct is is expressing accurate empathy. If we stick with the same um, analogy, what I think of is if I want to be an expert navigator, I need to almost anticipate how the captain thinks, which means I need to spend a lot of time inside their brain and looking at how they look at the world because it's going to increase the efficiency of my communication or effectiveness of my mm-hmm. communication. So it's not as if I know you better than you know yourself, but I need to understand how you think and the way you look at the world. And the more I can spend time inside your worldview, it makes it easier for me to, to be able to lay out the information or potential strategies for you to absorb that to advance your cause. Mm-hmm. Not my cause, to advance your cause or to mm-hmm. get your ship to where you're trying to get towards. Mm-hmm. So expressing empathy is being able to accurately step inside someone else's worldview without judgment and look at how are they looking at the world, how are they experiencing the world, what are they feeling, what's, what's rattling around inside their brain, what's churning inside of their belly, 
those are the things from an expressing empathy of being able to articulate the experience or the way you're experiencing the world, the way you're mm-hmm. absorbing information, the, the stressors that you're under. How can I accurately and effectively express mm-hmm. empathy? Mm-hmm. So you've got your supporting autonomy and activation, mm-hmm. guiding the conversation, expressing empathy so you feel heard and understood and you mm-hmm. know that I'm operating from your worldview. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is partnering. Mm-hmm. Which means you can have a captain and a navigator that have that do not work well together. That they have their tensions. They they may be a great captain and maybe a great navigator, and the two of them just do not collaborate well together. Mm-hmm. And we, we we can get into a whole other podcast specifically mm-hmm. about how motivational is not relationship based. Yes, from, this is from my vantage point. This is the way that I've really internalized this more and thought this out. And I know it's fairly controversial in the MI world. So many people think relationship, relationship, trust, trust, trust. Um, when we think about behavior change, we can have a whole other conversation about mm-hmm. is that critical to behavior change? So that's, we can talk about that separately. But if we just take that basic construct, you and I do not need to have a relationship for you and I literally to be shoulder to shoulder right now mm-hmm. having a project in front of us where you bring your expertise and your brain to the table, I bring my expertise and my mm-hmm. brain to the table, and between the two of us can we build a better mousetrap. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a high level of partnering or collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if you're the captain and I'm the navigator, I want to be able to find out everything about how you want to get to where you want to go mm-hmm. and then be able to lay out things that you may not know about where the shoals are mm-hmm. or where there's shallow ground or, or where there's more treacherous water or, or things that I know as a navigator to help empower you to support your autonomy and your activation mm-hmm. so you can get to that ultimate destination. Mm-hmm. So so you can see then this interface. What I love about this, it's like this complex Venn diagram of where there's overlaps. When I we did the podcast um, before... Um, if you haven't listened to it about the um, when I did the training in the UK mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. the UK and Ireland groups and um, one of the things we talked about is when you look at the Venn diagram the overlap of the five intentions mm-hmm. what was really helpful for them was to look at the little crescents that were not part of the middle overlap of the Venn diagrams mm-hmm. because they could they would get confused slightly between or just help me tease out the difference between if I'm supporting autonomy, isn't that really partnering? Specifically around guiding and partnering. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the difference between guiding and partnering? Mm-hmm. And so really the difference between focusing on the ultimate destination and then the what's and how's to, to get there and mm-hmm. do I share information along the way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so it is that getting to the clarity of those kind of the crescents mm-hmm. outside the Venn diagram and then looking at that kind of energy, that the synchronicity that mm-hmm. happens where the, 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 the constructs intersect. So the partnering collaboration piece of it is the fourth of the five intentions. And the fifth one is evoking, uh, which means to elicit or draw out, mm-hmm. um, which we think of the correlations with open-ended questions, when that's got gets taught with the or skills, open-ended questions, affirmations, reflections, summary statements. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with evocation, what you're trying to do is draw out their thoughts or their, their ideas mm-hmm. uh, in that process. So you start to see this overlap or, of these intentions if John, again, if I go back to what I originally said, if I've got my arm around John's shoulder and, John, where do, where do you want to be in this conversation? What are you trying to help this client, mm-hmm. this patient get towards mm-hmm. in their process? If you genuinely believe when you're sitting down to have this conversation and supporting this person's autonomy and activation, if you genuinely want to guide it towards the solution or resolution or the topic of concern, if you um, are genuinely try to step inside without judgment, step inside their reality and express empathy, be able to reflect back what's going on inside of them. If you're doing that accurately, 
if your intention is to not be smarter than they are or more skilled or more knowledgeable or have better ideas, if it's really to bring your brain to the table with somebody whose brain you really respect their worldview, how will you partner and collaborate? If your intention is to draw out their thoughts and their ideas, if those are your intentions, then what we can use with the mic is give you feedback about how close is your language, how much did this this session play out in a way that aligns with any one of those mm-hmm. five constructs um, and give you feedback around that. So that was kind of generically what our thought was in terms of how do you give an end user feedback about their communication style and for it to be try to be more proactive instead of did I pass the test, did I pass the test, did mm-hmm. I hit every bell and whistle that I was mm-hmm. supposed to hit to, to, sh- to, to prove I was doing motivational yes. interviewing because there's so many great well-researched tools out there on motivational interviewing. This is the mic was really intended. What's in your best interest as a practitioner trying to get better at motivational interviewing? Mm-hmm. How can we give you um, a structure to help your brain kind of move forward and go, okay, I think I can get this. I think mm-hmm. I can practice these things. So mm-hmm. one of the core constructs in, in the MICA was those five intentions. Mm-hmm. And again, thinking from an end user, whether or not you knew MI, it just seemed like such a great word is, what, what was your intention? Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. don't need any training about motivation for me to ask what your intention was mm-hmm. when you sat down. Mm-hmm. So it, it felt fairly accessible mm-hmm. in across professions to just say, we can just start by talking about intentions. Mm-hmm. And then we know because of research that we have and different theories out there supporting sustained behavior change, there's things that really do support these five constructs mm-hmm. uh, with the five intentions about mm-hmm collaboration, about stepping inside somebody else's reality so they feel heard and understood, supporting uh, autonomy, supporting self-agency, building a sense of self-efficacy. We know how much that impacts sustained behavior change. Mm -hmm. So just all the ways that these started fitting together, that's that was our launch into Mm -hmm. um, looking at the five intentions or or looking at intentions. We came up with the five Mm -hmm. to really help an individual walk into a conversation proactively and have a sense of uh, mindfulness like we've talked about before about what do I want to orchestrate in this dialogue. Yeah, and there's so much visually that you just helped depict with the five intentions here where you can kind of start to think of it as this ship, this destination, this journey you're going to go on together in this conversation, which can be really helpful for how you start to kind of, how do I enter this journey? How am I going to be a guide on the side rather than a sage on the stage or whatever people want to use for that classic (laughs) sayings, right? Uh, But that's just to say that's a different way to enter the conversation. And now I have some definitions that are provided in the mica feedback that, that you get of how to maybe in this session, just focus on evoking a little bit more, being more curious about their perspective rather than giving so much information. Maybe that's all I do differently as a practitioner and I can start there. So I'm not feeling like I'm juggling five different things at once while I'm trying to manage my writing reflex and equipoise. And it seems to give people something tangible, but it's also not just a say this phrase or say that phrase. And it gives someone this sense of I'm going to intend to be more curious or I'm going to intend to really make more reflections, not just because I'm supposed to do reflections in MI, because I'm supposed to really, and I want to be acknowledging their perspective because that opens the door towards possible happier, healthier. So it it, it seems to give, in, in my experience with the coaching, this tangible but not so specific way of giving guidance for my practice of MI. That's exactly it, John, because what we don't want to do as a coach in motivational interviewing or when you're teaching fidelity-based even, the fidelity-based side, is you don't want it to feel prescriptive. Mm. I don't want to tell you how to do motivational interviewing. 
but you want to give some structure. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need to know kind of what am I aiming towards? So it just mm-hmm. can't be a free flowing conversation. And you and I have had these experiences so many times. Anybody that's trained on motivational learning, you've had these experiences as well too, is so many people think that they do motivational learning naturally. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, I mean, yes. this is what we run into so often yes. is people think, oh, I did this. I learned this in grad school or, oh, this is just repackaged Rogerian therapy. Or it's basic counseling it's skills. Basic counseling and then you skills. ask them about what they're using for fidelity measures, which we'll have a whole nother podcast on. And they go, oh, no, no, no. It's just basic skills. We got it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I learned open-ended questions. You guys just are calling it or skills, open-ended questions, mm-hmm. affirmations, mm-hmm. reflections, summary statements. Anybody that works in any field should know those basic yeah. skills. We got those in communications. You get them in, yeah. um, you know, all sorts of different in college. Trainings. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so this, what you're looking at with the intentions is there is measurability. There's replicability about it. There's, there's validity measures with this. And what you're looking at is, are we ultimately trying to affect sustained behavior change? Mm-hmm. And this is the thing that um, offers an alternative to a traditional medical approach, medical model approach, which is I'm the expert. I'm going to ask a lot of questions, get oriented to your situation. And as I get oriented, I'm going to have a lot of professional opinions about what you need to do yes. to change behavior. Mm-hmm. And so this is um, is an alternative if you're looking at yeah. the sustained behavior change side. Which, ironically, then we go, well, why, why aren't they doing things on their own? And why are they dependent on us for all the answers? It's because we're more assessing, 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 so we can fix, 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 and create this dependency in these cycles that That's we it. create out in society That's on exactly these systems it. versus genuinely providing some level of guidance, some level of resource partnering with them. We might be an expert or a specialist in a certain area, but they're an expert and specialist in how that relates to the context of their life. So us coming together and having these intentions really brings back the power to the person, and it really then gives you the power back on how to be ethical influential to empower them in that process and it really just seems to have a, a, a big resonance a deep resonance with a lot of people that are learning this instead of it being another um, concept it seems to be more an embodiment and there seems to be something that resonates with people with that. you know John and, and, and the other thing you just were talking about is almost the, the perfect definition of that crescent that def- defines uh, partnering what you just talked about is you do have an expertise that you bring to the table. If the, if an individual could have figured this out on their own, we just trust that people, if they're smart enough or they've got the insider, they're able to figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. But where collaboration comes in is when somebody doesn't know, like in your expertise, mm-hmm. you know, with the weight management or health or mm-hmm. exercise or nutrition, mm-hmm. they want to be the best version. They can research it, but it's their thing that you can add to the dynamic mm-hmm. that advances their outcome. Mm-hmm. That is the construct of... Um, partnering, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're supporting their self-efficacy and mm-hmm. their autonomy and their right to choose. Cause mm-hmm. you can go, Oh, I've got all this great information. You need to read this brochure and watch these podcasts or mm-hmm. listen to these podcasts and watch these webcasts and, and here's some great information. So that can be an aspect of mm-hmm. partnering, but can also spill into almost feeling like the person is not empowered in the mm-hmm. process as well too. So now there's two intentions that you're trying to balance in there. Mm-hmm. And then when you bring in something, when you step inside their reality, and just go, this has really been a struggle for you. There's party that really does want to make this change. You've been searching for information that feels accurate for you and to make it work in a way that's going to work for you. So the more we step inside their reality, it's you're able to access how do they feel, how are they reacting. There's your expressing empathy part of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, and ultimately for you, the reason why you're even researching this is because you want to be around for your grandchildren. 
Um, and you want to be an active parent and grandparent in your life. So when we're clear about that, we're guiding them towards that solution or resolution or what's their ultimate goal. It's not just because they want to eat healthier. It's like, what does that ultimately mean for yes, them? Yes. So this is the construct of guiding. So you can see it's not like you're trying to hit every bell and whistle. It's what am I trying to orchestrate in this dialogue? And then the last piece, we're touching on evoking. It's, you do go into an evoking or an open-ended question uh, in motivational interviewing with a genuine curiosity. I want to know what you already know. Well, why mm-hmm. is this important to you? Mm-hmm. When you were the most successful, what did that look like for you? Mm-hmm. And I genuinely am curious because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Which again, not only is that evocative, but that's really good partnering. Mm-hmm. I need to know where your expertise already lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are the things we can already build on? Because if we're building on your ideas and your constructs, now we're back around to supporting self-efficacy and, mm-hmm. uh, and supporting autonomy and, mm-hmm. and trying to activate that. Mm-hmm. So you can see that it's not like, oh, am I doing these intentions? It's like, our, our conversation you and I have had about mindful mindfulness mm-hmm. and mindful communication. It's the same thing mm-hmm. about when you're showing up, these are predominantly the things that I'm paying attention to as I move forward in this mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's also as we're kind of coming to a close here for, for this conversation with the intentions, that taps into some, I know we have at least one podcast coming up around this whole idea of, of planning and if people get stuck, how do you yes. use your expertise and how do you do that while building their self-efficacy and these kind of positive assumptions of their knowledge. Yes. And there's some new Nuances. If you're an MI geek out there, or really want to know some of this stuff that we'll go deeper into in a in a future, even shorter podcast. But uh, for now, uh, this hopefully lays out a good sense of. What are we trying to embody with our mindset? What intentions are we really trying to embody? And uh, hopefully the visual of what Casey gave really helps you get get a sense of that more tangibly. And uh, for having more, uh, we'd love to invite you to ask questions, engage, uh, Skype, whatever. We'll we'll figure out ways to engage with you. But please send in whatever you can for questions, and we will do our best to make that tangible and valuable. You know what I'm going to say is just what we were talking about is this is honestly all about you. So our intention is to draw your thoughts, your ideas. How can we be most helpful? It's not for us to talk for the sake of talking. It genuinely is what's going to be most value added for you. So this is really our intention is to help guide you towards your solution or resolution, help you get to where you want to get with motivational interviewing and anything we can share or discuss or further kind of delineate that helps you in your process. That's what this is all about. So we're going to continue to invite you know, bring it on, ask the questions, go deeper with it.